That was my nickname in high school. Oh, yeah? No. Let me Could guess. Have been. You have one of those JJ shirts that said FBI female booby inspector. No, nah, man, that was that was like post my time. I was already on the free breast massage here shirt, and then they did the FBI ones, and I was like, that's hacky. Did Did you have the like present one at Christmas, and it said gift from God? No, mm. those ones annoyed me. They're an ugly color scheme. No, no, I was more of a free breast massage guy, and I've grown up as a person now more of a reaching for the policeman's gun type of person <laughs> oh, oh lord doing well are we on yeah oh well what do you know um not a lot i know that whoever i know that benjamin dewey is basing his vampirella on katie seagal's face okay ladies and future bo- i've been reading uh, the vampire stuff in the show Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast with a license to ill. My name is Toby Dopala, and like most episodes of this show, it begins with something that has been floating in my mind of late. It starts with the 30th anniversary Harley Quinn comic. It's weird that she's 30. That's not, because she's between us and I'm 32, you're turning 30, so. It makes me feel older. Yes. So, it was a, th- this ish- issue, like a lot of the anniversaries, is like a collection of short stories by different creative teams that have worked on the character over her career as a criminal, anti-hero, and sometimes just hero. One of example was Siren Soiree, written by Paul Dini with art by Gillam March, uh, the team that started Gotham City Sirens back in 2009. And it was truly a nostalgic experience to see something new from this old creative team. Uh, seemingly taking place during this series I'd read so early on in my nerd career. Um, And since reading this issue, the old run has been on my mind, due for a revisit, as you would imagine. So this week, we are back in Gotham City, having a girls' night out as we cover the first volume of Gotham City Sirens, titled Union. Joining me... The the M is haunted... The the M in me is haunted on my script. Look at that. So it's got a wobble in it. It's spooky. Joining me is this little hoodlum here, producer Kyle. I am a hoodlum, if what? you ask my parents. Why'd you say it like that? You said that like you are about to break into like a musical number. Um. I'm a hoodlum. <laughs> <laughs> like, right here comes a reference to Oliver Twist I don't get. <laughs> nah. Okay, great. What are your thoughts on this one? Have you ever read this before? Um, I want to say yes, but I don't remember it. Mm. Yeah, it's so been probably forever not. since I've read it. It's one of those ones that was great, and then not even forgotten about, but just not revisited much. Mm. Okay, so there is some context required walking into this series for the reason of because I said so. Uh, we will start with the writer Paul Dean. Oh, great man! Mm-hmm. My personal favorite storyteller, I think. Overall, uh, we have mentioned him probably over a hundred times on the course of this podcast before, but you know, he was integral in the Batman animated series and probably his biggest claim to fame is creating Harley Quinn. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. Particularly with her current, you know, fandom. Yeah. I bring this up because at the end of the year uh, 2000, Harley Quinn got her first solo comic series. Uh, first comic I ever read, I think. Um, now, I'm confident about this, but I've lost the citation in the recesses of my brain. 
but he was offered this run, but was too busy to work on it. Mm-hmm. So it um went to mm, Carl Kessel. I know Terry Dodson did the art. I would have to double check the writer. I probably should have wrote that down. That's fine. Edit it in. Done. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah, he was busy. He was. It was the tail end of Beware the. Uh, sorry, Batman Beyond. Mm-hmm. And the Return of Joker movie that goes along with it. I haven't made it through Batman Beyond. Hmm. Everyone's seen the movie because everyone's YouTubed the uh, the original scenes that got changed out. Nice. You know, where we see, you know, Joker die in is it, canon. Is it like the weird green floaty head above a city? The picture is the on cover. the cover. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's the Wizard of Oz. Um, so he was doing that. He was writing the Gotham Girls animated short films on the WB website and was probably involved in Static Shock. He was just a busy dude. Yeah. But in 2009, the girls of Gotham City were set to start a team book together. And this time, he did have time to get into it. The same year, he was doing Misadventures of Flapjack a little bit, a little bit of Star Wars The Clone Wars, a little Scooby-Doo, and fucking Arkham Asylum. Does he have ADHD? I don't know. <laughs> he's he's just, busy. He just can't stick to, like, one thing at a time. It, he's spinning like, I'll do ten minutes over here and then fifteen there. Spinning all over the place. I need to fucking find out what episodes of Flapjack he worked on now. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a personal thing I need to be getting into later. Um, yeah, it's crazy that my list here doesn't include the comics he was working on because Streets of Gotham was taking place the same year. Oh, yeah. And he was also writing all of that. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Gillam March. Mm-hmm. Not as much to say going into this one. Um, he's He was an amazing Spanish artist with a career up until this point doing pin-up art. Which is hard. This was his, this was his comic. This was his first. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, he did most of the but first year. But if you year. can draw a lady, like, this is the book to cut your teeth on. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did most of the first year and provided covers for the whole thing. Did some covers for a heap of stuff and did interiors for some Azrael, some Batman. And then in the New 52, he did some wonderful stuff in Catwoman. Mm-hmm. He didn't write it. So, technically, he's the best part of this run. Ah. Uh, mm. Didn't draw her as a crow, though. No, it wasn't the Innocenti stuff, but it wasn't off to good start anyway. Nice. Mm. Immediately, she fucked Batman. Like, immediately. I mean, everyone wants to. I know. But, it, yeah, it, do, it doesn't portray women good, but it's fine. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we're moving on. That is not the point of this podcast. No, we're, we're far from that. Okay, these. Uh, this is the creative team for the most part. Um, now we need a dash of context in lore, because this run took place in a convoluted period of Batman mythology. Uh, Batman Reborn, it was called. We had just had Heart of Hush, in which Hush, you remember him? Yep. Mm-hmm. He steals people's feces. How about you say faces, because the word feces is different to what you think it is. I said faces. You said, you said faces. Nah, edit man. It, edit it around. Listen to yourself when you nah, nah, man. <sighs> you're, you're a turd burglar, apparently. Um, so he steals the face of the billionaire go. Bruce Wayne. Which I often forget is not in his first Batman Hush story. Paul Dini wrote that stuff later on as well. Of course he did. <laughs> okay, so yeah, in Heart of Hush, he wanted to piss off Batman more or less, so he stole Catwoman's heart in a surgical sense, not in a romantic way. Ah. 
She gets saved, but this was the run in which it's revealed Hush had rebuilt Bruce Wayne's face, like we just said, um, upon his own face, uh, which they did really well in Arkham City. Also written by Faldini. He just does a thing for, like, faces, huh? No, he just does all the memorable good things. Does he, does he only know how to draw Bruce Wayne's face, and so he's just like... I'm going to put a little thing right there so I know where to go. What makes his stuff come up a lot, and usually for a good reason, is why Rebirth, New 52, and any we're doing a different take thing doesn't hold up as good. Yeah. Because he will take a random dude in bandages like Hush, justify the bandages, come up with a way that furthers the pre-existing. Yeah. He doesn't go... Uh, I'm Blank slate. T- yeah, I'm too cool to have Superman's underwear on the inside, so I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do my own thing. Mm. You know, I'm gonna. Yeah, I hate all that sort of stuff. How creative teams and movies and stuff think they're too good, whereas he, he's like this he is polishes what's, what's already him, there. Let's yeah, work it out. Um, Harley Quinn was just a whimsical sidekick for the Joker who already existed. Nora Freeze was a motivation for Mr. Freeze, who was just a guy stealing ice cream trucks and doing fuck all and having really big eyebrows in the 60s. Yeah. He elevates things. Mad Hatter just stole fucking hats. How good is all the Alice Stalker shit? Oh, yeah. Where do you think it came from? Guess. Just take a guess. (laughs) Came from the animated series that he worked on. I refuse. That's what I'm saying. He's very good at elevating what already exists. And digging back into catacombs to find things that you know, they're almost like a little reference, a mm. little easter egg. Yeah. Alright, so Catwoman is just out of heart surgery. Yeah. Is where we're roughly at. And we've also just had Final Crisis. So Batman is fucking around with all that stuff. Presumed dead, but actually Grant Morrison in around in time space. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. As you do. He's another one who likes to take the old stuff and rele- and make it relevant again, just more forcefully and more annoying, and it's Emperor's new clothes. He's not smart. People just tell you he's smart, but it's fine. It's neither here nor there. I think he's just on a lot of mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so, yeah, he, Batman himself is in time space, and for the time being, thanks to Battle for the Cow, Dick Grayson is the current Batman. Yeah. All right. Um... And I think that's important to set up this theory, series. Sorry. Bruce Wayne is now Tommy Elliott in disguise. Batman is now Dick Grayson. And Catwoman is recovering from a heart surgery. This is where we're at. She's having trouble climbing stairs. More things pop up as we go, but that's the main goings on that gets us to this point. Yeah. All right. So, issue one. It begins with a bit of a recap of all these things I've already mentioned. And we open to Catwoman doing handstands on the most wild gargoyle you ever did see. It's like, you know what a normal gargoyle looks like. Let's be realistic here. The thing is like three people wide, maybe two peop- two human beings long, and like a big angry skeleton monster. It's pretty bitchin'. Nice. But impractical as fuck. I mean, depends on what building you're putting it on. Yeah. It's the type of Gotham we've come to enjoy. It's not a very realistic place. Um, yeah, so she's goofing around up there. She mentions getting beat up by the Jason Todd Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, during Battle for the Cow and the Heart Operation. She's come out of the other side other side okay, but still feels weak and frail and remembers that weakness is relevant in Gotham when she hears a girl screaming for help. Mm. So this is a Catwoman that is helpful. Yeah. 
She's, she's you know, the nice Catwoman, not the main Catwoman. Well, this is a post-hush Catwoman, obviously. And that was sort of... She'd sort of been softening up, obviously, but that was, like, the introduction as a Bat family person. Yeah. You know, they let her in the cave and shit in that one. So, yeah. And we all know that that's a, that's a big mm-hmm. thing. So, she goes to the rescue and we meet Bone Blaster. Oh, that's a superhero I don't want to meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lame up-and-comer villain with the same powers as Tesseract from Skullduggery, Pleasant. Uh, meaning that he shatters bones, but he uses these, like, sci-fi vibration gloves. Nice. That splinter your bones, depending on where he touches you. I would not like to come up against him in Dark Alley. No, especially because he's very interested in, like, um, what's the word? Uh, notoriety. I guess. He wants to make a name for himself. Yeah. Um, so Catwoman takes the fight to this chump, but suddenly feels like she's having a fucking heart attack and she can't breathe properly, let alone fight someone. Again, I said, struggling to go upstairs. So you were pretty on the on the money there. So he chatters on about how he will be a big name soon enough after killing Catwoman, but while he talks, there's these vines sort of growing behind him. And here is a little bit driving for you. Just wearing jeans and sneakers and just a shirt that he printed his own design on. He's not very theatrical. No, he he looks like he could be like a backup dancer at a kids Halloween. Yeah, he's not. He's not. I was gonna. I was gonna go with Marilyn Manson, but that is not a scrawny bisexual. That is a buff Dan Zig looking body. Yes. <laughs> so it's misfits. And that's where I, ended I was up. like child's entertainment of some description. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, these vines are sort of popping up behind him in the panels, and we get Gotham City Siren number two, Poison Ivy, who's there more out of disappointment than anything else, having to step in and help Catwoman against a glorified thug with accessories. She just had her heart ripped out. Yeah, but she's supposed to be fine. Um, so while the vines pummel this guy in the background, the girls chat a little bit about how Gotham has gotten more and more crowded with low-level goobers, and I can't help but think about all the constant barrage of new villains that come and go ever since the new 52 and Rebirth and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. What were they called? The first villains? Bloom. Bloom was cool, I guess. God of Owls was good, but there's so many forgettable ones. Remember those four dudes that were just hassling Batgirl for like two years? Mm. One of them had like a mirror for a cape and then there was others, but I don't. (laughs) They're all gone. But that's the thing. Like, it just became about packing it with characters that Mm. you knew you were going to throw out next month. So I do love that they're acknowledging it already. Um, It didn't fix anything, but... Well, I don't believe any of this stuff really were involved. Yeah. Um, So while while they're talking about that, uh, Ivy has gotten tired with dealing with it in Robinson Park and has moved in with the Riddler. Oh. Not in a hooking up kind of way. No, just roommate. No, no, we cut to the apartment to see it's more of a hallucinogenic flowers putting Enigma into a catatonic waking nightmare state kind of way. <laughs> Do you remember how she would brainwash thugs in Arkham City to fight for her? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's fucking that. But Riddler. <laughs> yeah, and he doesn't get off the couch. He's in these pajama pants. Oh, poor little Riddles. Poor little Enigma. So, Catwoman thinks that's kind of fucked up, but they're still catching up on recent events. When Catwoman got revenge on Hush, she took his fortune and split it with the people who helped her in that adventure. 
Um, do you remember Holly? Catwoman's oh, little yeah, friend. Yeah. Um, yep. Yeah, so she took her millions and left Gotham to start a better life, which is good for her, but has left Selena kind of lonely. Uh, especially without Bruce being around either. Um, as for Ivy, she gave her $30 million straight to charity. Of course she did. <laughs> she did. Um, Catwoman is a little peeved that her efforts were so quickly tossed out like that, but at least she isn't blowing it on constant shopping sprees. True. And that's that's her cue. Harley Quinn. <laughs> Pre-New 52, the good vintage stuff, you know, that's what I'm talking about. She's blazing with Powerpuff Girls Bubbles vibes. I wonder where that could come from. Mm. And I and I will say I like I think her design is a little bit weird here, and I think I know why that is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna try to find something here, just to give you a bit of an example, because you're afraid to play with the books on this one. Oh, a little <laughs> because, bit. Because I it turns out I don't have a trade of this yet. <laughs> No. So I still have the old original print, like, single issues bagged and boarded. They, they are a little intimidating. I'm not going to lie. It's Yeah, it's all different now. Um, We're covering the first seven issues because that was volume one, and I'm pretty sure that the four old volumes, instead of being reprinted, have been, like, squashed together into two big ones now. Oh, wow. So it's a bit all over the place. What can you do? Yeah, it's, you know... But that's it's just the way it goes, I suppose. Hmm. Which is funny because Hush did the opposite. It used to be one big event and then it became two volumes. Um, and I'm not having much luck here. Look, her design's a little bit... Oh, here we go. Better than nothing. Her design's a little bit, like, foreheady. Well, let me get all up in her business. Yeah, there, there is... Bit of a six. Something head. strange going on with her face. So my theory is, like, I'm confident that Gilliam March designed a very striking Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, like her in costume. Yes, yeah, but gorgeous. I think then he's had to reverse engineer her civilian look, resulting in a big old forehead that has to fit a really nice cowl and mask combo. Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of why. I'm like, I understand because I'm not making up excuses for him, but I'm very her, confident that's what happened. I understand. You're going to see her in her suit more than you're going to see her out of the suit. Not here. Ah. Oh. We see her suit up like once. That's a problem. On these these episodes. This will probably be a two parter. Uh, time is of the essence on these ones. We are about to go conventioning. For the first time in, in forever. Ages, yeah. But. We'll so let you know how that when, goes. When Gilliam March draws a Harley, mm. is it not, like, the best? Oh, the yeah. the full suit, but when he draws a Harley, and I think I think she's sort of tweaked a little bit to to fit that. Yeah, that makes sense. That, that, that's my theory, anyway. I got, I got you know, sort of nothing for you there, but that's my posit here. Now the three of them are together. Celine talks about how Gotham... Did I say Celine? Sorry. Underworld. Selena. Um... <laughs> He's talking about how Gotham's getting more crowded and more chaotic and pitches a bit of a team-up. A yeah. gaggle of girl bosses, a bevy of badassery, a sisterhood of sirens. None of these are things she said. I like doing the enunciating. I've watched too much 60s Batman. Yeah, it, it does it a lot in that. Mm. Um, it turns out bevy is a word for a group of girls, by the way. I had to Google that. Um, so, Harley is always on board for a team-up. Ivy asks Catwoman, you know... She thinks 
she only wants to band together because there's a new Batman on the block and maybe Catwoman isn't getting away with things anymore. Because we know how that used to be. Um, and I love that her being a bat tease is, like, acknowledged by the in-universe community. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, they, like all the villains obviously know she's shacking up with Batman. <laughs> Which I think is, is a fun detail. Um, but Catwoman counters that she's on decent terms with the whole Bat family at this point, so anyone with her would get a lenient treatment as well. As far as she hopes. I mean, yeah. Ivy has... Has one of those give us a moment moments. Mm-hmm. You know this one? You see on TV. And pulls Harley aside. Tells her how Selena was a fragile kitten against that bone-blasted chump earlier. And maybe she really does need assistance right now. Then she decides to talk to one of the people who helped get Selena back together again. Satana. Oh. And the scars have to get removed somehow. Yeah, because she doesn't have them. You'd see them. Look yeah. at that cover. She's, she's not particularly one for zipping the suit the whole way up. I don't think she can. I'm looking at that tight suit and, you know, the guy drew pinups, so she automatically looks like a Playboy bunny. She, she has that hourglass figure. She sure do. All right. Pamela Lillian Isley is not a texting type of girl. So instead, we cut to a nondescript location where Zatanna finishes her show She's, she's a magician. I like that she does magician shit as, like, her job. I mean, if you've got a talent. She's cheating being a magician, though, by knowing Only magic. Maybe because she knows real magic. That's what I'm saying. It's weird. That is weird. It's, it's hard to describe, too. She's cheating at magicianing by knowing magic. She's faking <laughs> her knowledge of magic. She's putting someone in the disappearing wardrobe and not learning the craft or the illusion, quote-unquote, but just teleporting an asshole out of there yeah. and then plonking them back in when they're done. It's, it's like a weird double con. You know, she's doing all the fake magic tricks by doing the magic tricks. Yeah. I, I love that gimmick. Um, However, if they made a show about her in the 2000s, then, you know, she'd be covered. What are you talking about? Well, that was the rage of the 2000s to do, like, the, um... Oh, the Chris Angel Magician? and the Masked no, Magician. No, I like Masked Magician who blew it all and was always like, what we did was distracted you with this lady. Mm. And it fucking used to work every time. But now I'm on to him. After 20 years of being tricked by tits, I'm on to him. Now I keep an eye on what the fuck he's doing back there. It's always something. But I'm still looking at the tits. No, no, no. I know not to. But we live in, a f- in the future now, so I can rewind. <laughs> And I can double up and double check things. Yeah. Right, so Zatanna's finished her performance and she's getting ready to hit the jacuzzi and kick back. Nice. All right. I'm assuming a nice hotel or something. We, we it, do- like it doesn't say where or when she like is. All ladies like a bath after a hard day work. Yeah, that's showbiz, baby. As she's getting in, the bouquets explode out in a rage of vines and roots. They drag her into the jacuzzi and dunk her face every time she tries to cast one of her iconic spells. Which is the word backwards. Yeah, I think it's a cool way of doing it. It makes it easier than having to come up with, like, spells and remember what they are. Yeah, so many, like, demonic characters, Enochian characters, spell-casting characters always have, like, weird sigil speech bubbles. But I like that you can tell what she's doing. Yeah. It's it's a charming way of doing it, and it translates fun now that we have cartoons that she features in. You know, I I think it's a cool... It was a smart move. Whoever started that, it's... Yeah, whoever started her doing that is a genius. I love it. But yeah, she's getting like dunked back down so she can't 
cast anything. Yeah, she can't talk. So the plants form a creepy wooden head, like the one from Pocahontas, kind of, but, like, grimmer. Grandmother Willow. Yeah, dude. But, like, a poison ivy. Nice. And she wants the down low on Selena Cull's condition. Zatanna had done a bang-up job. Of course she did. Total champ. But they both come to the theory that she is not physically injured anymore. She just got that mental scorn on her. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's all in their head. I guess heart theft is a traumatic experience? Mm, you, maybe. Ironically, the same year, Chev Chalios took it quite well. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well. Three people listening to this like my references. So after the chat, Ivy returns to her physical form back in Gotham, and her and Harley accept Selena's friend request. She's like, great, I've been setting up a hideout and everything, but then suddenly, boom. Bonebreaker crashes in for another shot at the gals. In the scuffle, Ridley gets knocked loose from his couch and his flowers. Aww. And um, Catwoman shows her experience in the field, which I like, by grabbing loose power wires, wires sorry, from the destroyed wall. Um, and she electrocutes Bone Blaster with those. Like, my brain... Give him a little zip. Yeah, my brain, when I was reading through for this episode, compared it to how Nightwing's suit was always non-conductive, because half the time he's... Uh, Iskrima sticks were shock battens, more or less. Yeah. So he was always, you know, non-conductive. Yeah. Um, and I've and I sort of assumed Catwoman had got upgrades, being a body to the bat the way she is. But now, like while I was writing this, maybe she learned her lesson after the Batman Returns movie. Yeah, doesn't really like being electrocuted. I mean, you don't want to do it twice. I can't imagine. So after Bone Blaster is down and the girls are getting out of there, Riddler is sort of lost and confused as to what happened. And they're like, oh, yeah, he did it on their way out the door. And they just sort of blame Bone Blaster and fuck off. No. Um, does- we saved your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank, was- thank us. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was him. Um, does he kill Bone Blaster? Don't know. But we get better chances to discuss current era Enigma later. Get nice. a better shot at it, better breathing room. Have you ever heard of the broker, Kyle? Or mm, listener, I guess. No. In a great element of Venture Bros level world building, the broker is a villain. I want you to Google DC Comics the broker and see who created him for me. Sure. All right. So the broker is a villain real estate agent. Okay. That's that's what he does. He buys the out of business hat stores and ice cream factories and. All sorts of shit like that. The weird gimmick buildings that go out of business. Um, then he sells them to the theatrical villains. I mean, everyone's got to have a job. Well, where do you think Joker's getting all these comedy clubs from all the fucking time? Sherman Fine. Is that his name? Yes. Who is he created by? I am just opening up that uh, information for you. Okay. Well, while you do that, he has sold Catwoman an animal shelter to use as a I hideout. will give you three guesses. I had a funny feeling it was Deanie, so I'm just running to buy you here. He's one of them. Oh, for fuck's sake. Um, so, are the rest artists, then? It's created by slash artists. Okay, is there, like, a Bruce Tim in there? Nope. Derek Friedolf. Let, let me say that you have come a lot closer than what you think. So, Paul Danny. Is Derek Friedolf there on Gotham not? City Sirens, issue number one. Is oh, his shit. First, first appearance. appearance. Gillian March. Fucking, there it is. Oh, that makes so much sense. He world, was created for this book. World building. Where are all these villains getting their goofy ass buildings from? Gillian March. Yeah, so he was getting. 
And Paul Dini. Mr. Freeze had the wackest ice cream fucking emporium you ever did see in the Batman and Robin movie. He has been He used, didn't just build that. He has been used in other things. So he's been like Streets of Gotham. Which was Paul um, Dini as well. Arkham City. Fucking guess what? <laughs> <laughs> but no, technically he was created for this book. I love that because I'm pretty confident that Paul Dini wrote The Carpenter as well, who we will meet in this episode. I will double check. All right. So he sold Catwoman this animal shelter to use as her hideout, and he leaves and off like on his way out, he offers poison ivy a really good um, what are those called? Arboretums. Uh, you know the big greenhouses. Arboretum. That's the fucking word that I didn't write down. Should have. Um, so when the girls, I was like, <laughs> uh, I know what you're trying to say, but I don't know how you're saying but it. But classy. Arboretum. Arboretum. Um, so he leaves, the girls are finally alone, suddenly Catwoman gets ambushed by the other girls, who are, you know, more villainous than she is, let's be honest. Ivy hits her with spores to make her compliant, sort of true serum-esque. Can I, can I double-check Carpenter is Jenna Duffy? Jenna Duffy, yes. Okay. I only remember that because Hilary Duff was my, was the older woman that I had a crush on from TV. Nice. Ideal babysitter. <laughs> Lizzie McGuire, I was a child. Okay. So, are you, are you got the you got it ready for when yeah. we get to? I, I just wanted to double check no. that I had the correct carpenter because right. you know they like to use the in, in and the, the Allison. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. I so believe she stemmed from one of those, possibly. which makes sense. Yeah. Um. So they, yeah, she she gets hit with these spores by Ivy, and they sort of like strap her down to a chair, and they want her to answer a question: Who is Batman? I don't know. Currently, it's Dick Grayson. I mean, so that's issue one. How do you? How do you what are your thoughts on that one? It's good. You, you've got your setup. You've got your, you know, that happened in the last episode on the show. Yeah, it, it does try to cover everything, but like I said, in Batman Reborn, it's, it's, a, nice it's, a, it's an error that stems out from a lot of stuff. Yeah. It's, it's nice being able to jump into something and you don't have, like... You could pick it up from that issue, or you could come into it from what was happening beforehand. I found, for me personally, it sort of worked in the opposite direction, because this was one of my starter books. Yeah. So it hinted at so much more Gotham City to learn about and understand and catch up on. So, like, I learned... This didn't teach me stuff so much, it showed me where to go. Yeah. And I've since learned... All the stuff with the Tommy Elliots and the and the Dick Graysons and and all that sort of stuff, but it fascinated me going into it to see what a vast and like built world it is. Yeah. Um, which I left out of my notes, but fuck it, here's as good a spot as any. Um, we saw, I hate to admit it, but we were scrolling on TikTok. Mm-hmm. And there was a dude on there talking about how how mangas are sort of replacing the comic books in bookstores these days. Very much so. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that's because comic books are too hard. Everything requires so much other work. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Great example. But it's it's all like the, the constant universe where you need to have read every fucking thing just to keep up with what's going on between issues. Yeah. And at the time, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I totally agree with that because we're in a rebirth. We're in a new 52. It's it's too hot. Batgirl, always my example. 
The mm-hmm. wanted story arc is is great. I'm not a big fan of the art, but the story is great. Like, um, Batgirl thinks she's murdered her brother mm-hmm. in a in a in a self defense thing, trying to save her mom. But that leaves Commissioner Gordon on just an absolute tirade trying to capture Batgirl and arrest her, mm-hmm. not realizing who she is. And as you do. As, you know, obviously that's a great sort of setup, and there's and there's a lot of a lot of cool stuff to be had there, a lot of tension. But like halfway through it they have to stop everything because like birds of prey are doing a big event. You know, they do one more issue of story and they gotta drop everything because Gothtopia happened. Yeah. Like everything gets dragged to a halt and it fucking sucked. It was hard. But going back and looking at this, I'm reminded that it can be done so expertly and it can entice you to read more and explore more and and find out what's under every in every nook and cranny yeah so i think stuff like this is something you'll never get in manga because you start at volume one of something and you go until that's it and that's it yeah you don't you don't get you'll never get a gotham city the way you used to get and i don't think you'll get one now because you know, everything's sort of oh, well, it's the corporate same. Even, and not really well written and Even annoying. with, like, mangas and that doing spin-offs. Like, the fairy tale stuff, if you come into one of the spin-off, like, stories, mm. that's that. Yeah, they're but almost completely separate. it does anything. Anything else. Yeah, but that's, that's what I mean. Like, nothing does this anymore. Yeah. Because even the Western comics that try it don't do that good of a job anymore. And I just... Oh, 100%. I just... I love seeing... That there's hope in this. Because I'd forgotten it could be done well. Yeah. Is, is sort of what I'm trying to say here. It is possible. You know, we can land on the moon again. We've done it before. Mm-hmm. But, you know, drawing silly comic books. <laughs> yeah, same, same, same. All right. So, overall thoughts. I love this era. And I love the portrayal of the girls. Typical Paul Dini stuff, of course. I love and miss old Harley so much. Um, I find she's doing cartwheels on the perfect razor's edge right right here. Mm-hmm. This is it. This is perfect. She's not currently with the Joker, but is still a lovesick fangirl who would take him right back with minimal resistance. Oh, yeah. So we get her out and about with plenty of agency like we want, but she still has her big kryptonite. You know, she's a Manson girl, and we love her for it. What weakness does she have anymore? Almost none, really. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's not Mary Sue territory, but it, it removes a lot of element there. Yeah, she doesn't have the Achilles heel. Yeah, it kind of dumbs it down a little bit for me. So, so I, I love going back and seeing this sort of... This, this exact period in time. She's not just the sidekick. But she's not too far gone either. She's yep. just coasting. She finding herself. Then there's Poison Ivy. And she's in her perfect spot here too. She's cold, misanthropic, but powerful as fuck. Mm-hmm. I feel like she's very nerfed these days. Yeah, definitely. Not, not just in the Poison Ivy current miniseries where she is nerfed and has no powers, but like just in general. Yeah. Like, she possessed fucking already plucked flowers in that issue. That first issue there. She can travel the green like a god. For the context here, uh, the DC Comics reality is mostly comprised of three elements. Uh, your green, which mm-hmm. is your plants and your what-have-yous. 
Um, the red, which is meat, so like us, animals, that sort of stuff. And the rot, which is where we all go when we're done. Yay. It's a, it's, it's, it's a swamp thing yeah. sort of system. But what I'm saying is that Ivy... It's the whole animal kingdom thing. Yeah, but Ivy is a god-tier villain in this, literally. But she's still kind of a person deep down. I think she pities Harley in this version. It's not the weird... She doesn't want to fuck her. That's that's kind of my problem with all the crush stuff is how much it nerfs Ivy. Yeah. Like, these days her dramas aren't, oh, I just kind of want to stomp out humanity, but then I'll be lonely. Now it's like, oh, Harley hasn't texted me in 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. But that's She's definitely had a fall from grace. Oh, yeah. So, and, and I also think that her taking care of Harley is out of pity here because she's also taking pity on Catwoman in this too. Mm. A, um, which, speaking of, Catwoman is the only one not at the peak of her craft here. Mm-hmm. But the title itself feels like a natural sequel series to her Darwin Cook, Edward Brubaker, and Pfeiffer run that ended the previous year. Mm-hmm. So she is in a tough spot, but she knows it, and that's why she's building her little support group here. Mm-hmm. So it all works out pretty good, I think. Yeah. I think that, like, it, it plays each of the characters to their strength and their weakness. Mm. I'm, just, I'm trying desperately to not be like, it's Paul Dini, so obviously I'm just going to, like, say it's good. But, like, there's actual reasons for that. This could have been, if it had any other credit on it, it would still be amazing. It, yeah. What I, I don't want people to be like, oh, another one of these fucking dick riding episodes. <laughs> there's a reason I'm dick riding and things like these are it. But that's the thing, like... Our, our whole motto here is that if you're doing things that you enjoy doing, it pays off in your stuff. You can tell. You can feel and, it. And that's, you know, he's one of those people that kind of, every, of everything everything he touches turns to gold. But it's purely because he puts so much time and effort into making sure they are more than two-dimensional characters. Yeah. Like, this isn't a job to him and you can tell that. He's a storyteller. Exactly. Yeah. So, ready for issue two. Mm-hmm. Issue two opens with another Batman beauty, uh, Talia al Ghul. Uh, we get us a three years back scene in which she invites Selena Kyle over. And I like the detail. The Catwoman thought she stealthily took down, like, all the League of Assassin guards, but missed, like, half of them. Yeah. Um, Talia had welcomed Selena in to offer her a hypnotic and meditative... That's a hard word. Meditative? Yeah. Meditative. <laughs> no, we're not to this. It's a, it's a way to seal Batman's identity off, which is now being tested. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because back to the present of 2009, we are seeing her sort of struggle with the IV hypnotic stuff. Spores, hallucinogenics, you know, plant stuff. Yeah. Um, Plant stuff is odd. Yeah, and we are seeing her go through the fast times of Selena Kyle. You know, we see, like, the evil Jason Todd Batman that kicked her ass during Battle for the Cow. All the trauma with her dealing with Black Mask. Me. Which we've brought up a million times as well is a lot. Yeah, he, he's not a cool dude. He's a cruel dude. <laughs> he is. He is a cruel dude. And you got Tommy O. Elliot wearing her boyfriend's face and parading around as him. Uh, it's when we get to Helena that she wants off the train fast. Is this one you know about? I, I know who Helena Vernelli is. You know how the Earth 2 Huntress is 
Versus Doro? And? Tallest? No. No, isn't she um, Catwoman's? Mm-hmm. During, um, during the previous Catwoman series, she sort of relearnt that that kid is established. Mm. She had a child named Helena, but Gotham is no place for a kid, certainly not with her enemies, especially Black Mask and Ship them out. Yeah. So it, it was pretty much the ultimate witness protection program. The kid gets sent away, and I believe Zatanna helps her forget the kid ever existed. I mean, it would be the easiest way to do it. It's a weird retcon, but you're hearing about it sort of afterwards. Hmm. It's like a memento or something. Memento mori. So that was a whole thing, and she doesn't really want to think about it now, or ever, because it's probably heartbreaking. Um, So she's unable to deal with the mental interrogation any longer, so she talks around the actual answer instead of just resisting the way Talia taught her. Yeah. She ends up throwing several names down. Bruce Wayne is one of them, but so are many others. Yeah. We're talking Slam Bradley, fucking classic. Don't retcon to make him Batman's granddad. Keep him in the fucking present. How hard is it? At least I didn't say I'm not mad Bruce about Wayne... current stuff. Don't worry about it. At least I didn't say it. that Bruce Wayne killed his own parents. Ha ha. Matches Malone did it. What the fuck? See? Even I know that's <laughs> wrong. If I know that it's wrong, it's wrong. Yeah, so Slam Bradley has taken time in the cow. Jim Gordon has taken time in the cow, which we hated later when he did. Um, Harvey Dent, before the accident had taken time in the role. Batman is a concept or a mascot, whether they're wearing it at just one event or someone's doing the war on crime until they're unable to continue. Alfred has taken time in the cow. Everyone. And Harley doubts this theory. Yeah. You know? Joker has always said there was just one. It's the Dread Pirate Robert thing. It is. It fucking is. Um, Yeah, she's like, no, Joker knows that there's only one. And she also throws in there that someone with enough... Uh, oh, sorry. Catwoman's like, yeah, but you think someone could really take that beating every fucking night for, you know, since 1939? Yeah. <laughs> um, and and Harley throws down someone with enough motivation, could be a Batman, maybe with enough childhood trauma and sort of self-guilt would take that sort of damage. Keeping in mind that at this time she is actually a doctor. Yeah, I like how she's a Dixie things. fangirl going with like, well, my Joker says this... But also, like, throws down, like, you know, actual psychology expertise afterwards. Like, that's not the priority. <laughs> it is Harley Quinn, not Harley and Quinzel. That's right. I, I, I love... There is a very different... I love the quick succession between yeah. the two in there, though. Um, Selena sort of has her lie, and the others don't really believe it anywhere, so it's just a stalemate, and that's good enough. They're like, ah, fuck it, we'll come back to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so with that, Harley goes out shopping again. As you do. Fun to where she isn't just spending her charity money on shopping, but we'll get to that at the end. Nice. Yeah. Meanwhile, Bruce Wayne is being interviewed by reporters about his proclamation to rebuild Gotham at the cost of his entire fortune, right? Mm-hmm. Fucking wrong, idiot. Pay attention. That ain't Bruce Wayne no more, remember? Yeah, but if you got Bruce Wayne's face. Mm-hmm. So it's and Tommy all Al- of his money. So it's Tommy Elliott playing identity theft. The heroes of DC need him to keep up appearances at the threat of death, uh, which is a great bit in Streets of Gotham, like 
I haven't saved a picture for you. It's Derek Friedolf's art, mm-hmm. so obviously you need to have gotten used to it beforehand. It's a little bit Tim Saley, you know what I mean? Great, but you gotta, you know, you You've gotta, gotta cut your teeth with something beforehand. It's not even that. You just gotta get into the groove. Hmm, cut your teeth. Yeah, I saved a picture, and now I can't see it. Is it in a screenshot? Here it is. All the photos are in different folders. Um. So yeah, he comes home after an adventure when he claims he's just gonna dump the Wayne fortune into charities. Um. But then, like, the every, Bat family is the Bat mad. family, the Outsiders, several just League members who are buddies. Zatanna's there. The Creeper is fucking there. Yeah. The- Everyone's there. Green Lantern. And they're like, listen, we need a Bruce Wayne now because we don't have our Bruce Wayne now. But you're on thin fucking ice. And I love, love, love Katana with her iconic soul-taking, you know, Katana. They they really didn't do a good enough job of that in um, either Arrow or... Suicide Squad did a good job because they left it the fuck alone. They didn't tweak it. They didn't do anything stupid with it. It's just just there if you want it. Yeah. I like that. They didn't highlight it. Good. If they'd highlighted, they'd fuck it up. Probably. Everything they highlighted, they fucked up. It's a bad film. But I love when she's got, like, the sword to Tommy Elliot's throat. And she's like, secrets don't pass severed throats. (laughs) I'm like, yes. Loose lips and chips. Bruce has a no-killing rule. The end. The end. (laughs) There's a lot of other characters that... Are on his side, but don't. <laughs> Daddy's not here to make sure that we follow with his rules. That's right. Mummy lets us play. So, so Tommy Elliot's in like this weird sort of state. Yeah. Sort of stuck in a rock and a hard place. But during this interview, he gets kidnapped by thugs who want some of those big old boxes thrown around. Which, you know, yeah, it's tossed makes into sense. a convertible and off they go. Tommy knows the Bat family aren't going to save him, so he prepares to handle it himself. However, he doesn't have to, because Harley Quinn springs into action, mm-hmm. referencing the episode of Batman Animated Series Harley's Holiday. By Good episode. C- because Bruce Wayne is that nice guy on the parole board who let her out of Arkham, so she kind of owes him. Yeah. So she saves the day, crashes the car into a fucking toy store, and Tommy briefly gets the gets ready to kill her and say I mean, it was in the, we, we in, know. the in the fray. In yeah. The, in you know during the chaos, she just died. Um, but realizes that she's a direct route to Catwoman, who took all his fucking money. <laughs> so the issue ends with the two of them going on a date, and Selena getting a real bad feeling that that's the wrong Bruce Wayne. Yeah. What do you think about this issue? It's pretty good. I mean, you're keeping with everything that's happening. I like the whole everyone coming after Tommy just because, you know, just because you're wearing my dad's face doesn't mean you're my dad. I feel a little bit better now about doing a Streets of Gotham podcast because I've thrown... I would have to tell people in that episode to to listen to this one because I cover some stuff. If you're from the future, welcome. (laughs) But um, I I do love that run. It's great because it's in the middle of so much other shit, but it executes it so smooth. Lovely. Does a good job. Um, so are we going to put a pin in it here and then march along? There's obviously a lot less set up in the issues to come. Yeah. So um, we've got to pack and go on a you know convention expedition as as we love to We're do. We're going to find you some new content. Yeah. Mr. Taxman, please let me get this money back. Wouldn't that be lovely? 
It's literally an expedition. We're, we're, it's, it's literally a work trip because we're taking our um, audio checker. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, the, one, the guy who emails us when we fuck up. Um, it's mostly text messages, but hey. <laughs> yeah, so like, hey man, COVID's over. Go to a convention if you're not going already. Go out and see things, see a cosplay. Go through a long blocks of just reject comics and dig up something good. I'm going to be looking for some of this phantom lady that I've stumbled upon. Because her copyright stories are fascinatingly fucked. Yeah. So expect maybe an episode of her when I feel like we're plenty spaced out enough from all the comic book uh, women oogling we're doing now. You know, the, it's important to space these things out. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, that's good. I like this run. Recommend it. Obviously, it's a little hard work to show up for. The good news is, if you if good. you read this, mm. then you've got between now and next episode yeah, for to us. like dip your toe and get ready. Yeah, but yeah, like I said, it's not necessarily a beginner book because there's so much going on. But like, you can. I reckon. You can, you, I reckon you could get there nowadays because like some of this stuff has popped up. Through other media, hmm. Like we're, I reckon, I reckon you could kind of like. Yeah, we're, we're, you're right. You, you've got a base idea. Like we, we've I, got hush the film. Fuck you for making me bring up the CW Batwoman. How dare you, Kaya? Edit yourself. <laughs> but ching, 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 yeah, free space ching, for you. Ching, ching. But you're right. We have seen examples of the things taking place here, like Bruce Wayne being Tommy Elliot. We saw in. <laughs> Batwoman CW and in the Arkham City and then in Arkham Knight but it was like sort of a quick payoff and you can Hush teleport the animated. Yeah, and you can teleport and you didn't write that one oh, that harsh animated is also one of the fucking stop bringing up shit I'm in my happy place over here with my Gotham Sirens and you're like yeah, I just have to bring you back so that our trip is more exciting yeah but look how far down the barrel we've managed to scrape well, thanks buddy <laughs> thanks for that well, now I'm bummed out, so on that note. Yep. Uh, remember to rate, review, definitely subscribe for part two. And like you said, see if you can scrum those up. They're probably on Comixology. If They'll be around. If Comixology still works, it's on that. Get the get the traits. Yeah, boy. They're fun. And they explore characters that don't get a lot of limelight for the most part. And when the, look, when they do a Catwoman story, it's not really about Catwoman. It's usually the villain she's dealing with. Ivy is in a weird place right now, and the Harley Quinn we've got now is not the Harley Quinn that we had before. Listen to our Rise and Fall episodes. Yeah. I'm going to... We're going we're gonna to get into another little fucking bit about that later, so get ready for shouting. <laughs> but that'll be next week for everyone playing at home. So until then, I've been your host, Toby DePaula. I've been joined by producer Kaya. Hello. Class dismissed. Have a good week. <laughs>